0: Oh, I had a game plan. I had, <laughs> a, I had a, plan. I had a ridiculous game plan. I was like, okay, it takes this much money to get to this boot camp. I need to save this much, and like, I started like tracking literally all of my expenses. I had an Excel sheet.
1: Hi, welcome to Changing Tables, the podcast where we interview people who have changed careers or jumped industries in pursuit of a better life or simply because they wanted to try something new. If you're out there and thinking, I always wanted to chase my dream of doing this or that, or maybe you're just dissatisfied with the size of your paycheck and you think that a change of career or, or a different industry will reward you more. I hope that the contents of this podcast give you the information you need to decide for yourself if that's really what you need to do, and give you the courage to make that change if you do decide to jump industries or change careers. My name is Nick Lee, and I will be your host tonight. In this week's interview, we talked to Clarice Valera, a full-stack web developer at BP, a rapidly growing tech startup headquartered here in Los Altos, California. BP runs an online peer-to-peer marketplace for buying and selling used cars where transactions can be carried out entirely with a smartphone or on your computer. Basically, it used to be pretty annoying to buy and sell a used car, but with BP you can do that all from your computer. And they'll even deliver your car to you if you buy one. Clarice worked as an assistant at a law firm for a few years before she decided to make the leap and chase her dream of building websites. She came up with a carefully crafted plan to execute on this change, and her results speak for themselves. She's responsible for maintaining some of BP's most important web pages, and she's happier than ever before. I'll let Clarice tell her story. Enjoy. Clarice, thanks for joining me on this interview.
0: It's very excited to be here.
1: Why don't you, uh, Kick us off just telling us a little bit about you and what you're up to now.
0: Um, man, I'm not even sure like where to start when it comes with that. Um, these days I work at a startup called BP as a front end developer. But last year I was working as a paralegal in a law office here in San Francisco. So it's been a very hectic, very hectic, very exciting year for me. But I don't know, just a lot of big things happening recently, but that makes this such a great year. You
1: you mentioned that you were working for a a law firm. Mm -hmm. Could you take me back to when you started working there? Was that part of a bigger plan that you had to go into law?
0: It was, yeah. Um, So I graduated from Berkeley in 2010. I had already taken the LSAT before I graduated, but... Like, my whole heart wasn't really in it. Um, I wasn't sure that it was something that I wanted to do. So more as, like, research and figuring out um, whether or not it was something that I wanted to invest so much of my time and money in Mm -hmm. before going, I figured I may as well um, start working at a law office, see what it's like, and then decide from there how I felt about it. Actually, I don't know, like, I guess see what it's like before jumping in
1: what inspired you to invest all that energy into law if you said your heart wasn't fully in it
0: i i think it for me i just didn't really know what i wanted to do like in college i w- i actually majored in film so that even that is like a large departure from where I, I am now and where i was um previously right just film is not really related to law nor is it mm-hmm. related to developing but I think I was just trying to figure it out it's like one of those classic things like I didn't know um I didn't know what I wanted to be where I wanted to see myself what I wanted to do but I knew that whatever it was I wanted to like walk into work and feel like oh yeah this is going to be a great day because because I'm doing what I like to do and I just I was looking for that feeling I guess (laughs) and and it wasn't in law for sure, and it wasn't in um, it wasn't in film, or at least it's not in the film industry as it is now. But I found it finally, so that's good.
1: Okay, so you found you found this feeling, and could you tell me a bit more about this feeling that you're describing?
0: Um, it's just this thing where you're excited, like it's I when I when I did law, like it was very interesting, but it was never exciting. I mean, I was in a pretty interesting field of law as it was. I was working in mostly antitrust cases, which is great because that's like that's like really the meat of it. Like in terms of it wasn't like all these like really sad small disputes of like <laughs> of like criminal law or or of like family law where like families are torn apart. Like it was exciting. It, these were like big companies against like very small plaintiffs and you felt like you were doing good because at least for me, we we were always or we tended to be on the side of the plaintiff so it's like we're like helping the people you know it was it was great there was there was a lot of value to it, a lot of meaning, but it wasn't exciting. It wasn't it wasn't how I could see the rest of my life going. You were helping people yes it was like it was like definitely very relevant stuff like these cases decide the future of other cases so but it just wasn't <laughs> it just wasn't my thing I guess.
1: Hmm. So going back to even before you took the LSAT you were in college and you're looking at something to pursue. Mm -hmm. Why law of all things?
0: I think a lot of it is just like historical like I have um, a very strong gravitation towards like issues like social justice and like fairness like things should be fair and like People should be, like, equal in the eyes of the law, things like that. And a lot of that don't necessarily happen even in, like, modern-day America. So it was a passion of mine in some sense to, like, go and, like, I don't know, protect... (laughs) Protect and, like, serve, like... That sounds more like a cop thing, but, like, essentially, like... I don't know. Help the people. Try to, like, mete out some justice into the world. It was something that I gravitated towards. But, I mean come to that, like a lot of people are gravitate toward different things. It doesn't necessarily mean that it's what you should do for the rest of your life. So there's there's that distinction in like trying to find um, whether something is just you know an interest and then distinguishing that from things that you find to be your passion that you think is sustainable for, I don't know, 10, 20 years of your career.
1: So in searching for this passion, how did you start the process? And what was going through your mind when you decided you wanted to look for something else?
0: Um, well, I just knew I was so I was working at the law firm. I think it was for two and a half years thereabouts, like total. And I had just, I had just come to the point where I was like, "Man, this is really, this is really not it." And I need to like find what that is because I didn't want to like spend more time in something that I knew wasn't something that I was going to pursue. So it just literally started like, a lot of it is introspection, right? You want you need to know yourself to know what it is about you that you need to, I don't know, improve or what you want to work on or what you love. It took a long time. And a lot of it was just revisiting things about myself that I haven't, or like things that I love to do that I haven't done or even thought about in a very long time. So for me, when I was... I don't know, like twelve or thirteen, I started blogging, as all, as literally, like I think half of the population of my school at the time used to do.
1: Were these personal blogs? Or they did, were they okay. were
0: personal blogs, like just your friends see them. It's like you're blogging about your day, or like this thirteen-year-old, just like talking to your friends about like oh your crushes, or like these people that, um, or like the fun that you had last weekend or something. I've always been the journaling type. But for me, for the blogging, it wasn't just the writing of things. It was more the building your blog kind of thing that I love to do. And I spend so much of my time doing when I was younger. And then my family moved to the U.S. when I was 17. And I just sort of, I just forgot <laughs> that it was something that I like to do. It was a very busy time, you know. I'm like trying to get into good schools, like figuring out my life in this like entirely new place. And I, like, picked up new parts of myself but forgot a lot of things that I like to do, things that I enjoy doing. And then I found it again <laughs> during this, like, when I was trying to figure out what it is that I would want to do. I, like, revisited things. that It's been, like, years past and I tried to pick it up again. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm still very interested in this. Like, I could do this. And it's great because, like, in film, a lot of the what attracts me to it is, like, the creativity of it. And I love that I can do that as a developer, and and as for like the law side, like you get to apply a lot of logic and like sort of like analyzing what is happening here. Like a lot of that also goes into it. So it's like suddenly all of the things that I'm interested in, interested in, like finding something challenging but enjoyable, but creative, but that has impact because a lot of people can like see your work. Suddenly they all kind of fell into place into this one thing that I am now doing so that's that's great <laughs> it was hard to find it but now I have it and that's like nice
1: awesome was there a tipping point at your job where you knew you just had to kick off this search and, and go back to web development or was this something that just you, you transitioned into as a hobby and the kind of it took over your your life
0: I think for me, I don't think there was a particular tipping point, but I, um, I kind of, I think in my mind, I gave myself a deadline that I needed to, to like really get myself to keep moving in new directions and like figuring out new things. I told myself, well, now we're in the two and a half mark. We're not going to go to three. So, so a lot of it was pretty rapid. I guess that would be like a tipping point of sorts, like giving yourself a deadline. And it so happened that all of a sudden boot camps were a thing. Like that wasn't really a thing, like like two years ago even, I think. And all of a sudden I had a friend, Allison, who had gone through the boot camp and loved it and really enjoyed her experience. And I I also like figured out I had a bunch of other friends that had also gone that had taken that leap and were now doing great. So now I had all these like resources, all these people that I could talk to to like figure out if this was something that I wanted to do. I mean, it's pretty expensive. It's a lot of your time. And as someone who's been working for a while to suddenly not be working and not making income, it was a it was scary. It was really scary. And I just didn't know. I just wanted to make sure that it was the one, you know, like before I invested all that time.
1: You said it is very difficult to stop working and yeah make that leap. Mm-hmm. How did you prepare for that?
0: Oh, I had a game plan. <laughs> I, had <laughs> a, I, had plan. A, I had a ridiculous game plan. I was like, okay, it takes this much money to get to this boot camp. I need to save this much. And like, I started like tracking literally all of my expenses. I had an Excel sheet. And I tracked all of my expenses to see in general what I spend on and how I could budget so I could determine how much I needed to save for um, a given period of time for that I knew for sure that I would not be working because the boot camp would be happening. And how, like an How long extra, was the boot camp? Um the boot camp total is nineteen weeks, but uh ten weeks of that is um you could do it while you were working. But the other nine weeks, so like three months like fully, you need to be at the boot camp um, almost like twelve hours a day. I was literally there from like nine AM to sometimes midnight or one or two because I mean it's great it's like you you're just like there with a lot of similarly minded people it takes a long time and you learn quickly because you're so in it so that part was great but yeah I essentially had to buffer some time because I didn't know when I was going to get hired so there's always this fear right like what if I went to this boot camp invested this much time and after all is said and done like it takes me I don't know, 6 months to find a job. So I had like contingency plan after contingency plan, like I am a person who plans things. I do not like jumping in blindly. I like research, investigate and like like budget the the like the the hell out of it. <laughs> so, I don't know, a lot of a lot of preparation definitely went into it. I like some people are very impulsive, but it's just not my way, I guess. So, I came in very, very, very prepared. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I guess that paid off, but in, in the best way, because I didn't end up having to be jobless for all that long after the boot camp ended. So for me, it really worked out.
1: Was there ever a time when you were in the boot camp when you felt like this might not have been the right decision?
0: There was never a time where I was like, this is the wrong decision. But there were times where I was like, oh my God, this is hard. I, I, during the boot camp, I cried myself to sleep, like, so many times. I was, like, I was, like, oh, I'm, like, you're so exhausted. Like, you're emotionally exhausted. You're physically exhausted. And you're, you're just, like, kind of all beat up from, like, how hard it is to cram so much knowledge into your head in such a short period of time. And, like, there's this thing that you learn where it's just, it's just so much information that your brain hasn't caught up yet. And, like, somehow... You just, like, keep working at it. You keep racking your brain, and it will just click randomly one day. And all that pain, all that, like, that self-doubt, is, it's just, that was probably my biggest um, adversary the whole time. I just, I guess I didn't believe in myself enough. But thankfully, I had people around me that were just like, oh, Claire, it's just, it's just your way of dealing, which, which it was. Like, I just, sometimes you need to let some stuff out. But... I had people that, like, encouraged me along the way and, like, really, like, helped me through. And that was very, very helpful.
1: Could you tell me a bit about this program and what's involved? Like, what things did you learn? How big were your classes? Things like that.
0: Okay. Um, so, Dev Boot Camp. How big was my class? I think when we started, there were like 35 of us or so, 36, and by the time I graduated, a lot of my, because there are parts where you repeat if you are not able to keep up, Um, and by the time we graduated of my original cohort, there were probably only 25 of us left, but we had, at that point, taken in other people from cohorts before us that have repeated. Essentially, the program just prepares you to be a full stack developer, which essentially means that you know all about databases and you know all about um, like model view controller structures, and you can use jQuery and you can learn frameworks and stuff. Um, depending on your final project, whatever you build, it's pretty open towards the end. Like you all learn general things, you all learn like SQL queries, for example. The goal is that is so that you can, by the time you graduate, be able to build a fully functional app by yourself if you want to do without needing help from anyone. Mostly what it teaches you is learning how to learn because software development, I mean, it's, it's in tech, things change really quickly. Like last year, the popular thing was angular this year, it's react tomorrow, it's going to be something different. And you need to be prepared to like keep picking up new things. And that's I think really at the end of the day what it teaches you. Like all these things you're cramming into head into your head that seem to not click, you're gonna learn it tomorrow or whenever whenever it clicks. And you need to be prepared to just like drop things and keep going. Keep learning.
1: Tell me how you found this new job that you're working at.
0: This is really kind of a funny story. A really, really good friend of mine from Dev Bootcamp had a mentor that also went to Dev Bootcamp, two cohorts before mine, and he happened to be working at the company I'm at now, but we had never spoken before, even though we had seen each other. And on a whim, like I saw the company on, I think it was AngelList, and I was like, hey, this position looks interesting, um, I think your company is great for such and such and such reasons. And I didn't even really prepare much. I was just like, oh, cars, I'm not really that interested in cars itself, but the position sounded interesting because I get to build things and really have an impact because at the time they had like one front-end developer. So I was like, all right, this is the one. I'm going to learn a lot. And I just sent out the message like into the world. And the next day, someone called me for a phone interview. It happened very, very quickly. This was, I think, one of the first jobs that I applied for. From the time that I sent that message to the time I started, it would have been like maybe two weeks and wow. like three interviews or something. It was it was very, very quick.
1: Were you also interviewing with other companies at the same time?
0: I was, yeah, but this was at the very beginning of my process. Um, so I had some things lined up that I wanted to see through, which is the only reason, like when I applied for BP. And they gave me my like verbal offer. They wanted me to start that day, but I still had like interviews planned out for the next week. So I was like, well, I mean, this isn't going to be my first dev job at the very least. I want to see what happens with the rest of it. And they were kind of very nice about it. They're just like, all right, well, we understand that need to like see what else is out there, but you have this offer. Um, if you want to go with us and like after seeing other companies and, and, like, meeting the people there, I decided to go with BP. I was like, well, like, <laughs> it, it, they were very well positioned, I think, for the time. And in terms of startups, I think they actually have, they're one of the startups that have a very, very, very good chance of succeeding in the end. That, and I mean, the people are great. I love my team. The founders are super down-earth, so it's, that's always a good sign for me.
1: What kind of things are you working on at BP now? And are you still learning new things at that crazy fast rate that you were in Dev Bootcamp?
0: In many ways, it feels like I never left the bootcamp because the hours are roughly the same. Um, but that also means that I feel very well-equipped to handle that kind of pressure, so that's good. And I do feel that I'm still learning things uh, pretty pretty quickly. Like I'm learning from the people on my team. Like a lot of them are like very brilliant, very smart people and very helpful, which is always great because it's, it's difficult to figure things out by yourself sometimes, but with people that are very willing to guide you, you learn so much faster. So that, that part is fantastic. The things I get to build on, um, for the past couple of months, it's been mainly, I've, I've been the main person working on this page. It's, we like to call it the car page, but if you go to the website, it's essentially the page where you select a car that you want to look at and you're looking at all the details of the car. So it's like the car details page. It is probably our most important page because it is the page that leads to the checkout. And which, of course, is the goal. We need to sell some cars, right? So if someone told me a year ago that I would be working on a page that is probably most likely the most important page, like right out of boot camp. I would have been telling them that they were crazy because that is very, very unlikely. Like, I do not see any place giving me that level of responsibility. But that is also why I like working where I am. Like, they have faith in you. They encourage you to go for things. They never think that anything is too much for you. And you learn that you're very capable of learning. You learn that. You're capable of building things you didn't think you could before. And most importantly, like, I definitely have that impact that I wanted, which is great. That is definitely, I like, a year ago I would have said that I was shooting for the stars, but somehow now I have it, so it's, uh, it worked out really well, I guess.
1: So I'm a bit of a tech nerd myself. When you say you're building this page... Mm-hmm what is involved with that? You have to build the front end, I'm assuming, and mm-hmm. also other things like in the back end with web services. Yeah. Could you walk us through all the things you touch and basically what you're working on? Mm-hmm.
0: So um, as the front end developer, we kind of work in teams. Um, ideally, our like micro teams, I would say, are like one back end developer, one front end developer, and then we have a designer that like goes with through all the steps with us, to make sure that that we're all on the same page um, and that we're building what the product that we want to build in the best way that we can build it. Um, I touch I do not really touch the back end very much, although I get to learn it a little bit as well because that is how I get my data pop uh, that's where I get the data that I need to populate in. And it's especially exciting because we're actually like migrating um, frameworks and, and migrating all these things. When, when BB started, they did it very, very quickly. So now we get to like improve upon things and really work on essentially a new phase in like, the, the, the tech stack, I guess, that we have and I get to be part of that like I get to make decisions on what framework we should we should be moving to like should we do angular should we do react we get to have these debates about these things advantages of this advantages of that and to be part of like making decisions for really the future of this potentially very successful companies like I get to be part of that stuff it's not just you're building this page you're part of a team and and I mean it's great It's a fantastic place to be.
1: What advice do you have for people out there who are thinking about a career change into tech? How should they think about it, and then how should they execute on that?
0: I think people approach things in very different ways. Again, I'm a planner, so mine was very ridiculously planned. But I think the advice that I would give, just like in general, is to know what you're getting into. I mean, I I wasn't kidding when I said that it's hard. It is very, very difficult. There's a lot of things at risk, Um, especially since these boot camps tend to be located in places that are relatively expensive to live in. New York, Chicago, San Francisco, they're very expensive. And to have to live there, because you probably will have to if you're spending as many hours in there. You need to know what you're in it for. You need to have a goal. I think it really helps if you can if you already know in your mind where you want to be cuz then it's easier for you to like work toward that goal and to know that going through a program like this is right for you. A lot of it is really just like knowing yourself and how you deal with these situations. I would also very strongly suggest Knowing how you deal with stress. For me, like, sometimes it's a good cry. Like, that helps. That is just, everyone has, like, the weird thing. Some people, like, eat a ton of pizza. I just like to cry sometimes. <laughs> but but just, like, or, like, so for some people, it's, like, going on a run. Exercising. That helps. Keep doing that. Know that about yourself. That you need this time for this thing and make the time for it. It helps to deal when things get really hard. And they will. Like there there's a lot of self doubt. There's a lot of room for for thinking that you made the biggest mistake, quitting your old job, doing this thing. And it's easy to fall back into your crutch of saying like, well, that was really great company I was at actually. Like maybe I should just go back and do the same thing. Like it's easy to do that stuff because you're familiar with it. But sometimes it's the hard things that are worth it. So if you think it's worth it, really like doggedly pursue it. Don't give up. Know yourself. Know your goals. And prepare. Know what you're getting into, essentially.
1: That's great advice.
0: <laughs> I hope so.
1: <laughs> How long have you been at BP?
0: I started in May of this year. So it's going into five months now.
1: Okay. And do you see yourself staying at BP for a really long time is, is this I'm not really sure how, what the the company's up to or how it's growing
0: um before I started at BP or really just anywhere I had already told myself that in, in, in the beginning of my career I probably wanted to like work at different places but now that I'm at BP I don't know I'm thinking I might stay for at least a year two years um, until I feel like I get, I get to that point where I would benefit from learning from somewhere else, because I think different companies do things differently, and there's a lot to be learned from that. Like, there's a lot to be learned from the different dynamics that different teams will offer, or the way they do things, or the stack that they build on. That, and I mean, in my future, I had always contemplated working on mobile. So so if I get that opportunity, I think I would jump for it. Uh, but for now, I think BB is going to be going in a very strong direction. And I want to see how far they can go. And I want to still be with my team. I really like those people. They, they still have a lot to teach me. I still have a lot to learn. So we'll see, I guess, in another year or so. You can come check with me then. <laughs>
1: Earlier, you mentioned that what took you into law in the first place was your your interest in issues like social justice, mm-hmm. um, other social issues out there in the world. Have those things stayed a part of you, even as you're working in tech now? or And, and do you plan on doing anything in that space in the future?
0: They've definitely stayed a part of me. Like, those... Your interests don't just die out just because you find something new and shiny. <laughs> so they're definitely still a part of me. And part of the reason that I even decided to go with this direction is because I think it's very flexible. Technology is everywhere. If I had wanted to pursue something more legal related in the future, I could. I could just work at a company that provides legal services for, uh, for people that can't afford it, which I think is actually an app now. Or, or something. It's like it's like if you're someone who has some legal issues, you can like post on this app. I don't know. The way I like to think about it is like there's a Reddit and the Quora for everything. Right. You have a problem, you put it up there, someone that is vetted will answer you. Like and they're not even meant to be a legal service. You know, it's just like tech can go anywhere. You can do anything with it. There are all these things about how in certain countries, like Twitter has become very revolutionary, right? So it's really funny how how some things have become tools. Like some some technological apps have been tools for people to, um, I don't know, sort of like fight the power, I guess. <laughs> Just to bring them together, bring them toward a common cause and a cause that they're willing to fight for. So it's, it's uh, amazing what you can do with technology these days. So yes, definitely have a lot of interests. Definitely still thinking of pursuing them one way or another in the future.
1: I'm curious about what you would say is the most impactful book that you've read in your life. Can you point to any one book? And uh, if so, could you describe what came out of that book?
0: Impactful book, I would say... When I was in third grade, I read uh, The Diary of Anne Frank for the first time. I wasn't even a really big book reader at the time, but if you point to, like, my interest in social justice, I think that would have been a very good place to start. That book is pretty tragic. That was the very first book that I cried in, which is the only reason that I remember reading it in third grade. And that was definitely impactful for me into, like, not necessarily the tech interests, but my other interests. Um... There are other books as well, not necessarily impactful, but just fun. I these days I read mostly fantasy. it's the is the person that likes to escape from reality into me um, probably the same reason that I like film. I just like being out of the world sometimes. The world can be kind of a rough place these days, especially and you kind of want an outlet. So it's mostly fantasy for me, but in terms of impact, Diary of Anne Frank is the way to go. <laughs>
1: Awesome. Well, thanks for joining me today. It was great learning about your path over the past couple of years.
0: Yeah, this has actually been very interesting for me. A lot of these questions I haven't thought of in a long time. It's like a good introspective time. So thank you for having me. I'm very happy to have been part of this.